Welcome to the Be Awesome podcast, where we discover ways of becoming our most awesome selves. Have you ever come across the term pre-diabetes? If you have, then have you ever wondered what it means to you? Well, if you haven't, listen on to find out more. We have Biju Jacob with us today, who is the country director of the UN Health Innovation Exchange. This is a United Nations entity that brings together innovative solutions for health from across the globe. Dr. Biju holds a PhD in human and medical genetics and comes with a plethora of deep medical research and management expertise. Welcome, Biju. Thank you, uh, Mayura. Thanks for having me and uh, thank you for that uh, generous introduction. Um, It's well deserved. Yeah. So, Biju, diabetes is something that we all know about, and I think the information that uh, we're getting in general about the term diabetes is quite widespread and is now accessible. But, you know, this condition on pre-diabetes is something that's popping up recently. Let's talk a little bit about that. What 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 is pre-diabetes? Sure. Um, I mean, it's a, a great question and timely as well. Uh, why timely? I will talk about it later. In fact, diabetes is uh, a metabolic condition, as we know, um, making it in simple terms. Uh, you have uh, poor uh, glycemic control or poor uh, glucose control. So you have um, higher levels of sugar in your blood. So in term, simple terms, so it's a metabolic disorder, um, which uh, actually happens due to uh, probably two conditions. One is... Um, less production of insulin or the body is not able to utilize the insulin because of um, sensitivity towards it. Uh, so this is something which we know. Um, and uh, India is a diabetes capital, which you're not proud of uh, to record, uh, but that's a reality. So everybody knows about diabetes. But what we don't think is uh, before a, a medical condition gets into the clinical uh, stage, there is a preclinical phase for the disease where there are no symptoms which is shown so typically at the time before somebody getting into clinically uh, diagnosed as diabetic this phase is uh, pre-diabetic which is like you have um, impaired um, glycemic uh, levels like a normal person for the fasting uh, should be having sugar levels below 100 and um, postprandial should be um, in the range of 140. Um, in in, in pre-diabetic cases, this becomes uh, slightly on the, uh, the higher side. It could go from 100 to um, 120 uh, in the fasting, then uh, postprandial it can go up to um, 150 to max 199. That's something which we consider like a pre-diabetic. Um, often this is um, not uh, detected and there is a large population and we see people are getting more aware about it mm-hmm. and uh, probably to put it in perspective I would say if you take it uh, in the US where 
it's well studied. It says, uh, as per the CDC report, one in three uh, adults we meet have got pre-diabetes. It's, it's such a uh, huge number. Um, right. It's it's like 88 million Americans. And you can imagine what would be the condition of the diabetes capital, which is India. So that's a kind of <laughs> situation we're talking about. Yeah. Right. You said this was a timely discussion. Do you want to shed a little bit of light on that? Right. So, um, I mean, see, the normal things, whenever you think about diabetes, uh, everybody would be talking about um, general things. Like, first thing they'll be talking about would be genetic. So people are predisposed to, um, you know, um, certain diseases, um, especially uh, chronic conditions like uh, cardiovascular and diabetes. Second is the lifestyle, right? So, one critical thing which we don't um, often recognize in this way, which is one of the root cause for many diseases, when it comes to diabetes, it's one of the key, is about the stress level. Mm -hmm. And I, I told it timely because now we know uh, the kind of uh, uh, unprecedented uh, pandemic condition which uh, we are facing has put everybody uh, under stress one way or other. Maybe it's a new way of working, the uh, the economic turmoil, um, many other things, right? So this actually brings us in a different set of uh, stress altogether. So one of the key things which leads to this kind of um, metabolic diseases uh, is stress. Um, and see, we see often a lot of people uh, fighting with um, depression, stress, which adds to people getting uh, or accelerated pace moving into such kind of metabolic disorders as well. Uh, and that's the reason I thought it's, it's, it's interesting to look at from a different lens altogether about this condition. You know what, I would have never connected the two, but that, that's a great uh, point in terms of looking out in current times at least. Is there a, a particular age that starts to kick in or is this age agnostic? Um, so you are very prone to get this when it comes to, um, you know, about 35. Uh, but I would say, I mean, many of um, our young generation, because of the lifestyle or uh, the way with which they are um, dealing with their uh, very... Uh, very competitive. They are dealing in a different way with which um, maybe a couple of years ago or a couple of decades ago, how people used to, um, you know, get into the working environment. So uh, there's often a very large number of people very early on getting into uh, diabetics, especially because of the, you know, the food, uh, lifestyle and many other things. So uh, mostly, I would say somebody who's, uh, you know, about 35 uh, should have proper um, annual checkups, um, which actually see if they are at the risk or uh, they're having uh, pre-diabetes or such kind of condition. So that's something which uh, I would say, but definitely, um, you know, the body actually start aging on an accelerated pace as per records after the age of 40. So that's something which technically everybody should watch out and should have, um, you know, um, your routine checkups done. Right. 
how does one go about diagnosing this? Is master health checkup typically one of the only ways to do this or are there other uh, susceptibilities that we can start to look at? You know, uh, like most of the preclinical conditions, uh, these are um, typically asymptomatic conditions, right? I mean, you would have, uh, I mean, things which you should watch out for would be an increased thirst, uh, frequent urination, excess hunger, fatigue, blood vision, few of this kind of general things would come in, but people don't differentiate as such because these are like critical, not critical observations, right? Um, mm-hmm. what, what could be added into a panel of annual checkup other than your, um, you know, A1Cs, which would look at your glycated hemoglobin or which is, which is the average um, glycated sugar levels in your blood within three months average. That's what A1C looks for. That's a simple mm-hmm. test which people can uh, get into to figure out. Or else you can do a general um, fasting and postprandial uh, sugar levels or random blood sugar, which is general things which you can look at to find out. I would also recommend uh, doing something like uh, um, OGTT test, which is an oral glucose tolerance test, uh, where you take uh, 75 grams of glucose and uh, check your sugar levels uh, you know, after two hours interval and how is it? Uh, going up. Uh, so the, what was your fasting and how much is the glycemic peak which you get out of it? So when you're normal, it should come, um, you know, uh, in the range of 120. Um, but uh, people who are in the diabetes or pre-diabetic stage especially would have uh, bigger spikes. Uh, so this would give you your glucose tolerance. And this is what happens when you're having a uh, a big power of sugar or high calorie food intake, the sudden spikes which would be coming is something which is dangerous. So people who are pre-diabetic, uh, being going into a designated diabetic stage, uh, like I mean I mentioned earlier, like typically in the US, it's eighty-four percent of people who are pre-diabetic are not aware they're having this. That means till they get uh, most of the time um, diagnosed due to some other. Uh, conditions or some are visit to the hospital till the time they would be going through this real high spikes of sugar levels whenever they take uh, high calorie uh, food and uh, as I mentioned earlier uh, sugar get uh, attached to all type of body tissue and you like you have glycated hemoglobin uh, the blood cells you have it, it attached to your all other tissues, and that's kind of going to be putting you in a very um, bad situation. Or you you get drawn to other conditions like cardiovascular stroke, your immunity is uh, under stress, a lot of such conditions. So, getting it picked up early on through this kind of uh, test like OGTT or doing your um, A1Cs are things which um, is really recommended. About a decade ago, uh, diabetes was just linked to your genetics that, that was inherited from your parents or your grandparents. Today, a lot of the causes for diabetes or even pre-diabetes, for example, you, as you mentioned, is lifestyle. What do you mean by lifestyle? That we have clearly changed the way we have been living since the last maybe a decade or two. So w- what has changed in our lifestyle that makes us more predisposed to these conditions? 
Well, um, there is a lot of, um, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, there is a pattern of food which we have we've been used to, ethnic pattern um, or ethnic um, uh, food styles which we used to, um, which our system is kind of exposed to. But now you have uh, packaged foods, you have uh, high sugar beverages, uh, fast foods, a lot of things have changed from earlier, like which which something which our system has been uh, accustomed to the ethnic way of uh, food from quite some time. Um, that's that's one part. But I mean, I, I probably would like to bring in something else, which is more interesting. So if you look at our, um, our body has got this uh, stress hormones, which we say uh, cortisol, right? Um, this is like, um, you know, whenever you are exposed to uh, an adversity or when you're exposed to a, a stressful situation, body has got this uh, fight or flight response, uh, which like it's, it's kind of signaling to the, um, you know, adrenaline and you have your cortisol released or adrenaline released into the system so that your body is prepared to actually um, do all the essential things uh, for keep up the body and get prepared for that stress level, right? I mean, I just confine it to our specific area of interest. In this specific condition, um, actually, um, it increases uh, sugar in the bloodstream. So that's one of the things which is done so that it can actually repair the tissue, uh, prepare as well, um, you know, body has to respond to this so that you can actually face that condition. What's happening with the change in the lifestyle is earlier when we were in a different pace um, where um, we were not exposed to this kind of daily routine stress. Um, you know, this is only used when um, when such a threat comes in, like you, you see a fire, you need to respond to that when this is coming now, or um, you, you have something like that, which is coming like an imminent threat. But today, it's like, in a way, like in, in daily life, every other situation, it's because of uncertainties, which is put up to the kind of situation we are going through, or work pressure, or, or maybe it is uh, because of uh, um, the shift which we have uh, from community living to more towards uh, individualistic, uh, uh, you know, way of looking at people don't have um, time for themselves. Many people don't have hobbies, or maybe looking at so many, many such kind of things which uh, which has changed, um, and this actually put the body in a way where you're constantly at stress and constantly your uh, stress hormones are high, and which actually puts um very high um you know levels of glucose uh, your immunity under uh, stress so these are technical things which uh, which plays behind which i feel um is different from earlier um and most of the time i mean um in in earlier setting as i've mentioned like it was more of a um, you know, a community level, it was more of an ethnic, ethnic approach. Uh, uh, or when it comes to disease management, it was more of uh, eclectic practices. Uh, today, it's all um, dealt in a, uh, in a different way. So that could be one of the reasons. And, uh, uh, and I, I have seen many of my friends over the last couple of months when 
many of them who did not even have time for for their family um, got so much of time and family many of them started new hobbies many of them started getting some pets um, there are ways then with which people are trying to kind of um, shift the way of living which actually is added to it so this is an observation which i feel um, which stands down to be um, you know something which is relevant and something which is kind of um, around uh, this kind of lifestyle diseases how does one go about pushing this back clearly this is not a one way road towards uh, full blown diabetes right we today there are ways to push the onset of diabetes or even reverse pre diabetes to some instance uh, is there lifestyle changes that we could look at or is it straight up medication how how does one go about managing pre diabetes so um so diseases are uh, most of the diseases are uh, multifactorial so when it comes to uh, diabetes it it's kind of uh, our body has got multiple pathways and um, many of such kind of uh, physiological network is kind of uh, uh, you know been affected when you kind of become a full blown diabetic Uh, which i say is like you know biological systems are very redundant systems where you have you know multiple ways of doing the same thing and when you become a fully uh, diagnosed diabetic there are many connected um, you know biological pathway which is being affected in this case um so uh, the primarily the the change um, in your um lifestyle like you increase you become more active you do exercise um which actually helps where your peripheral um you know insulin sensitivity becomes increases sugar uptake becomes increased um you would show better uh, glycemic control uh your uh, pattern of um, you know the the choice of food you take if you change where you have low glycemic index of food taking it into smaller portions put it on things like that can work uh, but as a first instance moving into drugs is not a good idea relating to what i told earlier where this disease condition is multifactorial and most of the drugs are targeted towards some specific pathways and um, it often doesn't um, span out the right way but well once you come to a stage where it cannot be Uh, manage without the medical interventions definitely have to go with the established uh, diabetes guidelines but um in in the stage of pre diabetics or in the early stage of diabetes you can very well manage it uh, with this kind of choice of your um, the food drinks your activities um, you know managing stress a lot of such things um that's something which is which is quite good but um, you know often what i see is um, most of this kind of changes uh, requires a lot of uh, behavioral uh, engineering i mean when it comes to personally i am somebody who's an overweight almost all my life you take personally many of these activities or drugs or whatever is being given that's been looked at uh, as an intervention or an intrusion for me so you know we'll start with it then adhering to it for something which is preventive or something which is of this becomes pretty 
difficult. So I, I, I feel there is a new body of work or new area of work which uh, tweaks around or nudge your habits, which works around fitting in, um, you know, your uh, choice of food into uh, the habits which you have. Uh, I mean, these are the kind of uh, areas which I see would really make a difference uh, for reversing, um, you know, diabetes or, you know, fixing pre-diabetes or prolonging people who are in pre-diabetics uh, moving into the diabetic space. Wow, that was super insightful, Biju. We usually assume direct causes for a health issue such as diabetes and not so much about other external triggers such as our behaviors, stress, or even our environments we choose to create around us. Thank you, Biju, for joining us today. Small changes in habits will have lasting impact on your well-being. Knowing it and actually doing it requires some willpower. Trust me, I struggle with this every day, so you're not alone. Start small, stay the course until the small change becomes a habit. You surely feel the difference. Until next time, stay awesome.